HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're talking about the United States' biggest crop. It's corn. They will always tell you that corn is like their family. Corn is their family. You treat corn like you would treat your family. These subsidy programs are supposed to be for really dealing with unexpected things that happen to farmers. Although in practice, a lot of times farmers are actually paid farm subsidies for things that we can control and do expect. There's this constant warfare going on between the oil industry and the grain industry. Tune in to Meet and 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Life's a Banquet, a show about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable, and risable, with your hosts, me, an Easter Bunny. <laughs> and me, Batman. Oh, wow. Excuse, excuse you threw us for a curveball. Bonjour, Batman. Como, yeah. como ça va? Like, he's like the most Easter-y superhero. Obviously. That's true. <laughs> well, he is a bat. And a bat is similar, I guess, to a bunny. So you're correct. Yeah. Really, they're hard to tell apart. <laughs> That's funny. I, I thought maybe you were going to say, like, Jake Gyllenhaal or something because he played an Easter bunny in Donnie Darko. Would we call that an Easter bunny? God, <laughs> Donnie Darko is such a like a time capsule. Like you can never go back. That movie's not good, but it was it's true. in the moment. It was great in the moment, and it was one of those movies when you were, you know, younger, like a teen, and you're like, I saw this movie. I bought this movie on DVD at Tower Records for $9.99. Uh, and you know, but those kind of movies are important because I think it made me start to, one of the one of the films that made me start to be interested in like liking what quote unquote good movies, but you're correct. Uh, no movie about the Easter bunny is good, including Donnie Darko. No, but good soundtrack. Yeah. And Drew Barrymore is a delight. Drew Barrymore is in that movie. And she plays the teacher, the smoking teacher. She plays Santa Claus. (laughs) This is a movie about mystical heroes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) 
right. She's a teacher smoking cigarettes. Speaking of um, evil monsters, I think that we should begin this show by talking about what is clearly on everybody's mind. Now, this is part funny and also part not funny at all, but you (laughs) sent me a a link earlier today to um, a common obsession of ours, not because of... Yeah, let me set this up, because I actually would never have known about Chet Hanks if you hadn't told me about him. I didn't know that he existed. Thank God. Um, Thank God. Can I quickly say how I told you about Chet Hanks? Because that in itself is a funny story. Well, I knew about him. No, I don't think I did. When we were pro- at the protest? Exactly. So yeah. I was at a protest this summer walking across the Brooklyn Bridge. And it was a silent protest. And there was a awful, toxic, corny, every word you could use to describe the epitome of like corny ass white guy um, just like overly making his presence known and being as big as he possibly could instead of as small as he possibly could, which would have been the goal. Um, and he was yelling and screaming when it was supposed to be a silent protest and just like being awful. And these younger kiddos behind me whisper to each other and they go, who invited Chet Hanks? <laughs> and I died laughing. I was laughing so hard. And I looked back at them and they laughed and we all laughed together. <laughs> and it was great. A moment. I told Nicole about it. And then go ahead. Now you pick up the story. Well, pick yeah. up the baton. First of all, I want to apologize to everybody for being on Twitter, which is where I now get all of my pop culture news. And I know it's annoying, <laughs> but I'm busy. Not really. Um <laughs> My Twitter days are coming to an end, though, I think. I think I had a moment where I was like, I simply must read Twitter at all times to find out what's going on around the election times. And then I just sort of kept going. And now I just realized that it is a dark place. But because of Twitter, I found out about White Boy Summer, but didn't actually know that it was Chet Hanks until I saw this article that's called... Why is Chet Hanks like this? <laughs> I I have it pulled up. I've read it a couple times. It's Which amazing. Is just the question that you have in your like, you're like, how did this happen? Because you know, Colin Hanks it? seems fine, but it, so this article does not answer the question why Chet Hanks no. is like this. But in case you guys don't know, Chet Hanks is the other son of Tom and Rita Wilson. Um, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Um, and he is just a cringy white rapper who said that white rappers should be allowed to use the N-word in rapping, and he uses Jamaican padwa to speak as a joke, according to him. He says it's just the same as using a British accent. Yes. Um, Which which is not correct. (laughs) That is not true. Um, Which is wrong. And so he posted on Twitter or Instagram or something that it was going to be a white boy summer and everyone needed to, like, get ready for that. And, of course, the internet was like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You are so (laughs) stupid. And tone deaf, how can you be Tom Hanks' son? How Um, is it? Tom Hanks, please call into the show. What went wrong with this child? I think it's true that, like, privileged children, for the most part, turn out bad. So, like, children who live in that much wealth and, like, that much... Also, he's been in movies with his dad, which I did not know. I know. He's also an actor who's... They let him be in movies. And I'm like, if they let Chet Hanks be in movies, then they should let me be in movies. Because I'm... (laughs) That obviously works out. (laughs) 100%. Also, you're related to Tom Hanks. Now, look... Here's what I think. I think that I I envision this relationship as sweet as pie Tom Hanks. 
um, who, I mean, that's the perception we get of him. Although we have unpacked on this show earlier in earlier episodes that Tom Hanks is also a monster. See the movie You've Got Mail, for instance, well, when he played, eats all the caviar. He played a monster. He wasn't, that wasn't, <laughs> as far as we know, he was acting. Okay, fine. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he's actually the nicest person ever to live. He has this son. He's privileged. He, like, thinks he's a rapper. He just has, you know, he was born bad. And Tom Hanks, I can just see him being too sweet and, like, wanting to be like, okay, son, well, Chet, you're going to be a white rapper. Well, good for you, my boy. Tell me about that. You know what I mean? Like, I can picture him just, like, wanting to encourage his son because he's just, like, such a sweetly natured person. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I don't think he was... I mean, this is nature versus nurture. You think that Chet was just, like, given to them by the, the Lord above, already ma- already speaking Jamaican Patois? No, the Lord uh. below. I think that <laughs> 99% of people in this world are good and, like, yeah. just well, people, except for Chet Hanks. He's one of the... He's one of the people who was born evil. I just like think... Like, t- I mean, Ted Bundy. people... There's, there's countless examples of children born into extreme privilege who are literally monsters. And honestly, we don't know. Colin Hanks could be a monster, too. He just looks so much like his dad. Chet looks nothing like his dad. I don't believe that he's related to him at all. But I they think also... That he... They need to share some of the blame for this. They raised this man. They also named him Chet. I know. But they... I don't think that they thought he was going to be a white rapper who did patois when they named him Chet. When they looked I mean, in their that's awful in a whole other way. They looked in their newborn son's face and they're like, this is Chet? Like, what? <laughs> that's how I feel about people who name their kid fucking Keith. Yeah. Oh, Hogarth. look at him. He's adorable. Let's name Let's call him Keith. Sorry to all our Keith listeners, particularly Keith Hernandez. I like the name um, Keith. I have an Uncle Keith. Well... Look, please don't ever introduce. I don't have good experience with the name Keith, but I just that's like neither if your name is there. Keith, you are skiing. You're always skiing. Oh no, I think of a Keith as constantly sniffing cocaine, not well, snorting it, same. sniffing that's, it. That's the same thing. <laughs> I think it's because all I think about is Keith Hernandez when I think about Keiths, and he's definitely the most famous Keith. I guess maybe Keith Urban. I don't know much about him, but I think he sniffs cocaine as well. Did you miss my hilarious joke that skiing is the same as sniffing cocaine? I did actually miss it. Yeah, yes. Stop going on a rant and listen to my hilarious jokes. I'm glad you repeated it. I had a one track <laughs> mind. I was just thinking about Keith Hernandez smoking cigarettes in the dugout. Um, Keith Hernandez. <laughs> if you say Keith Hernandez three what? times, he appears to you in the mirror. What are the other <laughs> famous Keiths? Um, there's Keith Thurston. Toby Sutherland. Keith. <laughs> that's it there's only two famous keiths toby and toby keith but that's his last name and i don't really know who that is and keith or sutherland look keith or sutherland <laughs> look at looky here buddy if they had named uh their son keith hanks i think he would have had a better shot and that's a lot to say because as you know now i don't like the name keith but i think keith would have turned out a lot better than chet there's what no chet way a chet for? turns out to be good it must know, be a ch- nickname. Cheddar cheese? Charles? Probably. Chester? Chest Matt, can you weigh in here? Could you please do some research and uh, what tell the, us what Chet's short for? It's a full Wait, name. Wait, I'm sorry. What what was the qu- what is the question? What is what short for? You need Have to you pay even attention been listening? Have you even been listening to this is comic gold here. We're talking about comedy. I, uh, I was racking my brain trying to think of Keith's and I can't come up with any. Oh, oh wow. there the, are one, the one I know from my personal life makes me think the cocaine thing was right. And well, I also missed the skiing joke. 
Because <laughs> Zara talked over me for everyone. I said skiing is the same as doing a lot of cocaine. That is true. Because it's, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true and it's funny. Now look, so Matt. Good. Matt, we're talking about Colin Hanks's brother, Chet Done. Hanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, his Chet. Yeah. Chet Hanks. Wait, call, didn't you say it's Colin Hanks's brother? Colin, Colin Hanks's brother. That's what she said. Colin Hanks's brother. Yes. Rita Wilson's son. It We're is, not even mentioned Tom. It is for Chester. It's freaking Chester. So they oh, looked at their what? newborn son and they named him Chester. Yeah. <laughs> this um, guy had no hope from the fucking get-go, okay? <laughs> he had no chance at being a decent guy. We're not going to grow up to be uh, a humanitarian or a u- union leader named Chester. Sorry to all our Chester listeners, particularly Chester <laughs> Cheese, the cheese doodle mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh lord no. we should go after that we should go after them for sponsorship <laughs> absolutely we, like this listen to show. all the good things we said about people named chet and keith <laughs> i do like cheese and i love uh whatever that thing is a jaguar leopard big cats big fan all right this is well, a great gift you've given me though i was not familiar with chet hanks so okay so well, i had so we forgot we forgot about um keith herring he's famous oh you know i'm <laughs> Okay, as we speak, I'm looking at a Keith Haring print that's on my wall that actually says Keith Haring underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> He's good Keith. Definitely probably did coke. Also, cool Keith. That's true. Cool Keith, uh, otherwise known as Dr. Octagon. He was a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> probably also did cocaine, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what the, the song Blue Flowers is about. All right, so we got some good Keiths in the mix. And then Keith Sweat, hello. And Keith Murray. Who's that? Keith Murray, uh, most famous, he's a rapper. His most famous song was like, She Looks Like a Candy Bar. I'm going <laughs> to sing on a podcast. She looks like a, she looks like a, she looks like a, she looks like a candy bar. Mm. No, she oh. looks like a movie star, like a, a chocolate candy bar. That was it. Wow. Yeah. Chocolate anyway, candy bars are notoriously unattractive, but whatever well, you guys got to do to rhyme it. Look, take this up with uh, my buddy Keith. Oh, my friend Keith. I actually do have a buddy Keith. Keith Metro. And He's also, amazing. We were in an accident together. Keith Richards definitely did cocaine. <laughs> oh, of course. Keith. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a real Keith. Okay. Now, if that's, uh, he's a Keith if I've ever seen one. Now, that Keith honest. Richards, he's definitely been literally skiing in wet snow and doing cocaine at the same time. Really? Yeah, that seems right. <laughs> and he also, like, snorted his father's ashes. But we're moving far, <laughs> far away from how oh, no. they began. Well, this <laughs> is a great... Hanks. No, snorting your father's ashes is a great segue into our topic, which is Easter. <laughs> oh, right, it's Easter. <laughs> True. Oh, man. True story. Uh, we are talking about Easter and the for all ashes of, you, of our collective father, Jesus. Segway queen. <laughs> Segway queen. So that's the part of the sacrament that they don't often tell you about at yeah. church. You take the body uh, and then you snort a little bit of the <laughs> burned up hair. <laughs> yeah. You just uh, snort. You crumble up the wafer, the Necco wafer, and you snort that right up. Uh, it's the body of Christ. <laughs> Try that at your next church party. I don't know what that what church is really like. I'm assuming it's a party. I've never been. <laughs> at your next uh, yeah. Christian singles mixer. Uh, yeah. 
I'm crying. Oh my god. Oh lord. Okay. Next church party. <laughs> oh lord. You do the limbo, whatever else I'm happens sure. at a party. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're talking about Easter. Yeah. So I was originally gonna do like the pagan history of Easter, but it was kind of I don't know. I wasn't really doing it for me, so I switched to just traditional Easter foods and why do we eat them? Why? Why? Oh, amazing. Well, it's gonna confuse everyone in our show notes. I promised pagan rituals. Well, don't worry Blood. because pagan <laughs> rituals does come in here. Okay, great. So Often. all you pagans out there <laughs> please don't turn off the show. There's gonna be there's something for everyone here. Sorry. Also this is my fault. Please don't blame Zara. This is me and my cocaine addiction. Um, <laughs> her real name is Keith. But <laughs> so I got all of this information from culturetrip.com, jellybelly.com foodandwine.com and America's favorite website huffingtonpost.com amazing um so then I'm just gonna start off with hot cross buns which is not something that I even knew was a traditional Easter thing but the internet says it is so I have to believe them I simply must I almost bought one today I went to Caputo's to order my bread for the week for the pop-up and they had Mm -hmm. freaking hot cross buns in there I was like these things look fine yeah they're good what is the deal (laughs) They're for, it's because the end of Lent and Good Friday and all that shit. Uh, So traditionally, you eat a hot cross bun on Good Friday to mark the end of Lent, at which point you've been fasting for 40 days, so you're starving. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to stop eating everything, though. You just choose an item, I think. I didn't really look into that. But as far as I know, you don't have to just completely not eat for 40 days because I think that would be dangerous. You might perish. I have a feeling a lot of people would perish at that point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, your neighborhood would have way less people because there's definitely, like, Catholics in your neighborhood. Um, yeah. You should see what they do here on Easter. All these old the ladies. Parade of the Ascension. Yes, they do. The old ladies dress up in black. They have a big, I'm not even kidding. They have like a giant, like, zombie Jesus, regular Jesus's <laughs> paper mache things. Everyone's playing like it's awesome there there's like marching bands in the street but it's very dark it's all very dark People, which like, i like loudly weep to like commemorate when they walked yeah. with jesus with the cross correct a lot of wailing um i'll take a video of it i think it's like pretty awesome like, i like seeing like the old school traditions i have no idea what it signifies or means it could be you know pure like chet hanks level evilness but um it looks cool yeah well I don't know anything about that. So I was raised Catholic, but we switched to denominations when I was six. Um, in the 12th century, a monk invented hot cross buns. He was just like hanging out, being a monk. It's the year 11 something. And he's like, oh, hey, guys, this, <laughs> look what I made. Um, and he was like, this is probably good for Good Friday. You know what I'm saying? And everyone's like, definitely. Thank you. Um, until the 16th century. Luckily, he had died by then. Thank the uh, Lord. Queen Elizabeth started freaking out, and she decided that you can only, by law, you can only have hot cross buns on Good Friday, Christmas, and when someone's dead and you're burying them. Um, Imagine you're burying someone you love and shoving a hot cross bun into your mouth. <laughs> it's so uh, odd. And it's like the 1500s, so everything's very unsanitary. So wash your hands. You're just um, eating plague. 
But the reason why she was like, oh my God, you can't have these all the time is because people thought that they actually had mystical medicinal properties. So they thought that they actually were magical in some way. And she didn't want people to just make them all the time and have the magic just flying around the whole country of England. Totally. Makes um, sense. But <laughs> Rational fear. basically ignored the law and started making them at home. And then the law was rescinded. So it didn't really work. Uh, then... The British decided to colonize Jamaica in the 1650s, as they do, mm. and they brought their medicinal magical buns with them. And so what we have now in Jamaica is called the Jamaican Easter bun, which is actually kind of like a loaf. I've had one before. They're really good. Um, but it's because Amazing. the British were like, oh, my God, here we are. We're colonizing you. We're destroying your entire way of life forever. But here's a hot cross bun. Here you go. And then centuries later, Colin Hanks <laughs> decided to do the exact same thing. Chen Hanks. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry, Colin Hanks. Oh I'm so sorry. The oh, my God. name of Colin. <laughs> Just dragging Colin Hanks under the bus talking about he's a colonizer. I'm, excuse me. I'm sure you're, he couldn't be much better. But anyway, go ahead. It's just a coincidence that the British colonizing Jamaica came up in this research and Chet Hanks <laughs> happened at the same time. So I think this means something. It's a sign. Read into this what you will. Okay, so <laughs> moving on from hot cross buns, we're going to talk about eggs. Ah. Uh, okay, yum. so according to Huffington Post, if they are to be believed, eggs symbolize fertility and birth. Um, Christians perceive the egg as the resurrection of Jesus, where the egg represents Jesus. So I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I've never heard this. I was raised in the church, went to church, went to Easter, had an Easter dress every Sunday that was, you know, I had a lot of church experiences and I'd never heard that the egg is associated with the resurrection of Jesus. So I had to do a little bit more research. So what I found out is that I guess in the Bible... Once Jesus rose from the dead and he came out of the cave and he's like, what's up, guys? Mary Magdalene <laughs> ran over to the Roman emperor and I guess she was allowed to just like go see him. I don't really know how that works, but she was like, hey, listen, Roman emperor, Jesus is raised from the dead and here's an egg as a present. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, ma'am, I do not believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. And the only way that I could ever possibly believe that is if this egg that I'm holding turns red. And then it did. <gasps> is that how we got Cadbury cream eggs with their fiery red center? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, well, <laughs> okay, yes. Sorry. Actually, yes. Technically, yes. Okay. Um, but he... So then, you know, fast forward to Mesopotamia... And <laughs> <laughs> yada 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 Mesopotamia <laughs> uh, the fertile crescent whatever the Christians there were the first ones to make Easter dying a thing so they would dye the mm. eggs red to symbolize the blood of Christ oh interesting and they actually the reason that they know this is because they found red eggs buried in graves in Mesopotamia so they're like, oh, my God, these bitches were into Easter and they were Christian already, even though it was the year 11. Um, Fascinating. So, or, you know, 1175 or something. Um, in Bulgaria, well, basically they say in Eastern Europe is where they started painting them in like elaborate designs. Um, but in Bulgaria, the first painted egg 
is like a tradition so you give someone in your family or like your loved one you give them a painted egg and it has to be red and then they keep that egg for the entire year and (laughs) (laughs) it symbolizes prosperity and the well-being of the family so you keep that egg somewhere in your house and dust it off and that's stinky when that year is over yeah you know if you put a little pinhole in it and you can drain the oh you know this is a perfect time to mention um, a, an old friend of mine who passed away. His name was Sheldon. And Sheldon was a little egg that came to us at Brucey, maybe the year 2012, 13. And he had a little feather stuck on top of his head. And I just loved it. It gave me, I laughed and laughed at it. I, I drew a face on him. And then as like the days and weeks passed, I kept aging him and he like, he started smoking. I drew a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and then I drew a beard. Um, he got older. And then eventually I, I had him one day and I had been handling him so much. I think his shell got pretty thin and I accidentally put my finger through the top of his head and <laughs> the eggs fell down onto Becky's leather bag. And she really hasn't forgiven me for it. This That's, happened like almost 10 years ago. <laughs> why was her bag near an ancient egg? We were sitting at the bar at Brucey having a drink and her backpack was on her like lap or something and I squished my finger through its head and out came Sheldon's insides (laughs) ruining the backpack well if you were in Bulgaria you would should have kept him for one year and not put your finger through his face (laughs) so that was probably bad luck probably that explains a lot so that's why we paint eggs for Easter and now let's talk about why people eat lamb for Easter please so lamb well, at first I have an anecdote or a personal story. But the first time I think that I ever ate lamb was in Astoria at, like, I moved to New York in 2005 for a very short period of time before I moved back in 2008. And my boyfriend at the time was friends with this woman who's Greek who lived in Astoria with a Greek Orthodox. So they had a full lamb Easter dinner. And that's the first time I ever tried lamb. So and? I always associate it with Greek Orthodox Thanksgiving in Astoria. But... And that's so kind of interesting. That's kind of its whole deal, but it's also sometimes eaten for Passover. So, lamb is eaten for Passover if you are a Sephardic Jew, but not if you're Ashkenazi Jewish. So it's different, right. depending on the person. Because Ashkenazi Jews believe that you're you're supposed to sacrifice the lamb, so it's like a sacrament, so you don't eat it. And Sephardic Jews are like, no, it's fine, you can eat it. Right, right, right. Um, um, but question: Did yeah. you? Did you like the lamb when you first had it? I don't remember. Mm. Probably Do you like not. it now? Yeah, I like it now. Okay. My palate has expanded as an old. Um, but so <laughs> the whole deal with the lamb is that when God was like, yo, Egypt, you are really lame. I'm going to have my chosen people. I'm going to kill the firstborn son of every person who lives in Egypt unless they have the lamb's blood smeared on their doorway. And so those people were passed mm-hmm. over, which is why it's called Passover. Um, mm-hmm. But this is also in Christian Christianity, because I was raised with this story as well. So this Christ- Passover and Easter are pretty closely linked. They used to be much close, more closely linked, but they actually tried to separate them out. Um, mm-hmm. And I read this website about <laughs> written by Jewish men who believe in Jesus, is what they call mm-hmm. them. <laughs> Jews for Jesus. Jews for Jesus. And they were talking about how the dates... That we so basically the Last Supper was actually a Passover Seder, 
because he has matzah uh, and um, the, like the body of Christ is unleavened bread. And I didn't right, actually right, know right. that. But yeah, so they used to be more closely linked, but they, they changed the dates because there was a lot of Jewish persecution. And so then when the Roman emperor made it illegal to persecute Jews in like the, I don't know, a very long time ago, they were like, let's change the date for the Christians and the Jews. But it used to be much more closely linked together. Oh, how interesting. Anyway, so when Jesus dies for our sins, he also becomes the Lamb of God. So there's that whole symbolism thing. But mostly, it's lamb has been eaten by Sephardic Jews and also Greek Orthodox people. Because they also, Greek Orthodox people do not eat pork. So right. they're not going to be having a ham. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and also, going back to the olden times, lamb symbolized spring when they were one of the first meats you could have after the winter slaughter. So that's why right. people are like... Baby lambs. Yeah, so it's like the... It's associated with the spring rites, which were the pagan festivals that they try to like align with when they were making some of the Christian holidays, too. Um, anyway, it's really interesting. That's so interesting. Do further reading on this, because I'm just giving you a real gloss over here, guys. I really should. I don't know really anything about religion. I don't even know. Do we think that... Does everybody think that Jesus was real? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Do you guys? I mean, it's what like, do you think Chet... Where does Chet fall on this, I wonder? Chet? Where does Chet kidding. fall on this issue? Oh, my he's God. probably I Christian. Just, I bet you he's fucking Christian. I'm just kidding. I don't care what he thinks, but uh, I, I mean, am just I definitely like, think that there was a dude named Jesus and probably yeah. something interesting happened to him, and that has gotten right. real blown out of proportion. Yeah, totally. They, it's like they a, the worst that, game of telephone ever. I mean, ever. as far as we know, we don't really know anything. It's the same thing with, like, King Arthur, but it's like he probably lived and he was probably crucified at some point. Um, but whether or right. not, like, the prophet and the guy that was crucified are the same guy, nobody really knows. Like, he, you know, it's... A big question mark. And Jewish people do not believe in the, like, iconic son of God, Jesus. Right. I just think it would be hilarious if we could actually, like, time travel and zoom back and really, like, Jesus was just this totally benign dude, like, maybe even the town drunk or something, <laughs> and the story just kept growing and growing, and, he, and then, like, you know, you bounce back in time, you're like, dude, you have no idea how popular you're going to be. <laughs> Well, I think what's interesting to me is that the way that Christianity sort of is used as a way of colonial, like colonizing and being like the Romans and the it's, it's really interesting in that way. Um, right. I mean, it's been utilized to obviously persecute millions of people to like gain power. Like the story is just I mean, this is we can't get into this, but I yeah. think of this often. I was like, at what point do you are you able to start trusting history? <laughs> You know what oh, I mean? I would say at no point. Yeah. I mean, what about, not especially not now. I mean, no. good Lord. But this also reminds me of this really great song by Judy Sill called Jesus Was a Crossmaker. It's a great song. Yes. We can't oh. play it on here because it's an infringement of her copyright law, but. <laughs> we don't have the rights to it Just anymore. go check it out. She but, has a great. Nicole, you can sing it. No. Oh, yes. No. Nicole, your favorite thing to do, singing can, on a podcast. Can and probably should be singing it, yeah. People who sing on podcasts should be put to death. 
<laughs> just like your friend Jesus. Just kidding. Sorry. Uncomfortable. I'm not going to get death threats for this. If only uh, anyone was listening to this show. But if you guys don't know Judy Silk, she's a really sad story, but she's a wonderful singer-songwriter. Really just, you know, did the drugs all the way to the end and died of them when she was very young. But 70s, great. Check it out. Amazing. Anyways, the irony in that song is that Jesus actually was a crossmaker because he was a carpenter. So oh, yeah. he made crosses before embarking out to be the prophet and then, you know, ironically died on one. What can you do? Yeah. <laughs> what irony. <laughs> but everyone did used to say that Jesus had a great sense of irony. He did. He yeah. was a real class clown. <laughs> um, yeah. So Much like, Ch- like Chad Hanks. <laughs> moving on to another great food that people usually eat for Easter, which there's a ham in my refrigerator right now, which is Easter ham. Really? Do you? I thought you don't like ham. I don't like ham. I didn't put it in the refrigerator, but I live with my parents. <laughs> Excuse us. She was I didn't put it in there. Definitely took offense at the idea that... This is like, like that was her deal. <laughs> I know. I, mean, I was like, I, I will eat ham changed. now. I will eat some ham, but um, this is like a real life, like a honey baked ham situation. So it's all, it's still alive. Got it. No, thank you. Um, but so the reason that we eat ham at Easter, the reason that you eat ham at Easter, is because how oh, dare you imply that I eat ham ever? <laughs> <laughs> because this is a ham free house. <laughs> um. It's because back in the 6th century, when the year was like 500, people in Germany were like, hey, we should eat ham for Easter, okay? <laughs> and the reason why they were saying all this is because pigs were, in addition to lamb, pigs, you would slaughter them and you would hang them in the autumn and then they'd be ready to eat in spring. So they were basically one of the first things you could eat after the winter was over. So it symbolized, you know, the new season's. Um, and when Christianity moved up north to Germany, they decided to merge Easter with the pagan celebration of a goddess, the goddess of the rising dawn, whose name is also Easter. Her name is Easter. Yeah. Well, it's like okay. E-O-S. I mean, I don't know if you pronounce it Easter, but I couldn't pronounce it. You know, sure, it's a sure. fifth century or sixth century German pronunciation of Easter, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pronounced Keith. <laughs> And that is where we got the name, the first name, Keith, and the last name. <laughs> so, yeah, so they were they were already eating ham and celebrating the goddess of the rising dawn and slaughtering and sacrificing pigs to her and blood was running through the fields. Um, and then when we colonized America, uh, we brought the pigs over here because there were no pigs native to America, which I did not know until just doing this research. Uh, we huh. brought... Every pig that's in America right now was not native to this land. We brought them over, and that's why Americans eat ham for Easter. Because, mm. huh. Amazing. And that is why 40% of the population is pigs. <laughs> yes, that is why. Um, and then lesser known, but still something that I kind of know about, is people eat white borscht on Easter. And this is a Polish tradition um basically what you do is is you get your easter basket and you fill it with everything that symbolizes life so you have like sausage you have herbs you have all these things and you take it to church and they bless it and then you 
go home and you make this Easter soup from the blessed things and it starts off the season and it symbolizes that you, because it's every, it symbolizes every part of life. So that's been blessed. So you're eating it. So then your year is going to start off good. Oh, that's awesome. And white borscht is delicious. Yes. And then there's also Mayiritsa soup, which is a traditional Greek Orthodox soup. That they would just, it basically just uses up all the other parts of the lamb that they don't use making the lamb feast for dinner, which I think is kind of cool vintage thing to do. Use the whole animal. Totally. Um, Although if you're a Sephardic Jew, you're not allowed to roast the entire lamb. It's against the Jewish law. So be Mm. careful. Um, And then. You're that Sephardics. Jelly beans, which we actually already talked about on the show. So I'm just going to very briefly go over this, but the origins of the jelly bean are unknown. We don't know why they exist. But <laughs> <laughs> they disappeared. People were like, we're pretty sure that the soft, chewy center derives from Turkish delight, which is a pre-biblical treat. Like, oh yeah, they were making Turkish delight before the Bible. Who knew? Interesting. Um, but they became associated with Easter in the 1930s because they're egg-shaped. Even though they're called jelly beans, people are like, oh, these are egg-shaped. Mm. This is really yeah, they're jelly eggs. They fit right inside of this. Easter egg that I'm going to put in the yard. So that's why we eat jelly beans on Easter. I love jelly beans also. Uh, Big props. I don't know if we talked about this privately or publicly, but the Trader (laughs) Joe's jelly beans are delicious. This is private. They're mad good. I'm not even like a huge jelly bean enthusiast. Mostly like the thing is with jelly bellies, I get nervous about all the flavors that are gross, but these, uh, these Trader Joe's jelly bellies are delicious. And I just want to briefly put an asterisk on something I just said about 40% of the population being pigs. That was not a fat shaming joke. I was thinking of like male chauvinist pigs, just oh, for I the record. I we were thinking about actual pigs and how many of them oh, no, no. in the state of, the state of America. <laughs> I was thinking about like the Rush Limbaugh's. Um, so now that's one less pig. But anyway, go. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am taking uh, no prisoners on this show, folks. <laughs> uh, it's just been a while since he died. You're taking the pot shot now. It's fine. On yep. Easter Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm going to take this Easter to talk about how much I don't like Rush Limbaugh. I've held my tongue this far, but I cannot another second. Um. um is that it? Yeah, that's it. Amazing, Nicole. What an incredible deep dive into Easter foods. Love it. So good. Thank you. Um, should we take a break? This show is brought to you by <laughs> eggs. It's going to be some, I hope it's something funny. Matt, a couple of weeks ago, we did a show on cheese and the show was brought to you, but brought to us by cheese. It was like amazing. Yeah, that's a good bet. If you want to try and make that happen more often than not, go, go with cheeses. Cheeses are a good move. <laughs> Okay, well, so already... my my part's going to be about Easter cheese. <laughs> Classic. Quickly. <laughs> Everyone's favorite, Easter cheese. Okay. Oh God, milking a rabbit would be very difficult. <laughs> take a long time. It's not as bad as you would think. Okay, let's take a tunnel. break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely would give you a tunnel. Okay, I'm just going to go quickly try that out. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's. 
home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And we're back. Guys, who milked a rabbit on the break? I know I did. How was that for you? Sour and sharp. How was that for the rabbit? You milked Uh, the rabbit and it was sour and sharp. Well, the milk is sour and the teeth and nails are sharp. Ah. (laughs) Speaking of rabbits, I have a a tale for you. (laughs) Do you guys ever wonder what a rabbit's tail looks like without fur? Do you think it's curly or like what is what do you think it's like under there? It's never occurred to me until this moment never, and now I'm yeah, scared. I never had such a sacrilegious thought. <laughs> <laughs> a nude Why would like I a shaved rabbit? Maybe there's just nothing there. Such a perfect poof. I mean, I've seen a skinless rabbit before or it's a, you know, like a rabbit ready to go to get eaten, but I don't Yes, really... but I think they detail it. <laughs> they detail it. Yeah, it's it's detailed, much like <laughs> Chad Hanks's car, like his uh, Hummer, he um, his Hummer, which we know detail. he drives, <laughs> which we know he was born in. Okay, so the story I'm going to tell you today is about everybody's favorite candy and some people's least favorite candy, <laughs> Peeps. Dun dun. Mm. I think they're fine. I don't care about them one way or another. I have a very middle-of-the-road approach towards peeps. If they were around, I would bite one's head off. But if I never have one again, I don't care. I hate them. Okay. Matt? I would not consume a peep. But we stopped at a gas station on a road trip recently and got a nice pair of, like, peep, um, like, like, uh, I don't know what to call this, like a headband with peeps that are on top of it because there's all the Easter tchotchke in the stores currently. Oh, really? What, were they edible peep peeps? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're not edible peeps. They're just oh. in the shape of peeps. Huh. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, they are cute. Like, they're cute. It does sound like you guys have some freaky things going on at your house. <laughs> what? But, where, um, what town were you in? You guys are wearing peep paraphernalia. <laughs> we're wearing peep paraphernalia. Peep I think merch? we were just we were just so hyped on getting out of the house that we were like, totally. oh my god, look at this. They're selling Easter stuff somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We have to buy yeah, it. That, that is 100% what happened. And then Kate also picked up food dye and like food glitter and we dyed some eggs at home as though we had oh children to entertain. But we, it was just us. Okay, but did, did you eat the eggs after you decorated them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. Okay. I had my parents over for dinner, and I made them. I feel like they you were just made hard boiled eggs for dinner. Well, no, no. He's <laughs> your murderer. and they were like, well, at least one of the eggs was like extreme blue, you know. Yeah. Oh my god, you make hard boiled. I'm never coming to dinner at your house. That's I mean, serve. I told you before eggs. we started recording that. The, oh yeah. <laughs> I lit a fire in the oven on that same meal prep and uh, and and, yeah, and then served them food dyed eggs. So yeah, you really shouldn't come over here. Oh, oh my God. goodness! And that you're wearing your like peeps outfit the whole time. Oh, sure. <laughs> you're wearing a peeps headband the whole time. <laughs> oh oh my God, that's so funny! I've good my thing perishing. your wife's mother in law wasn't there to tell you you don't need a headband. oh my god okay so let's get started guys peeps are manufactured (laughs) by the bethlehem pennsylvania based company just born candy company that is what it is called the born supremacy just born (laughs) just born like, like just blaze except bjorn or (laughs) no no not just bjorn not like bjorn corn just born okay b-o-r-n are no they, e. Is it a religious thing? Are they religious? No, okay. it's owned by Matt Damon. Just kidding. <laughs> the Born oh, Candy Company. B-O-U-R-N-E. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just Born, B-O-R-N. Okay. It's like the new just- Born Supremacy where he has a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the Born <laughs> Supremacy. Uh, oh, God. Sorry oh for that joke. Oh, my God. I'm that sorry is, for that no, joke. No, please. I think it's funny. Okay, Just Born was found in 1910 by a Russian immigrant named Sam Born. Oh. It's named after him, and I'm going to explain why it's called Just Born in a moment. He's a bit of a wordsmith, if you will. Anyway, they also manufacture some of the other, of Earth's other most disgusting candies, Mike and Ike's, Hot Tamales, and Peanut Chews. No, I do like Mike and Ike's, though. Yeah, Mike and Ike's are pretty good, but, like, again... Not top tier. We're not talking top shelf candy. No, here. no, no. Um, so he immigrated from Russia to Brooklyn, and he this guy was somewhat something of a genius. He also manufactured like a better version of chocolate sprinkles, invented the shell that is used on Eskimo pies, and oh. his best invention was a machine that puts sticks into lollipop, and he called it the born sucker machine. <laughs> 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 Which is the next Born movie? That's funny. The Born Identity, Born Supremacy, and the Born Sucker Machine, which is just about this guy, <laughs> starring Matt Damon, starring Matt Damon as whatever this guy's name is. Born. What did I say his name was? Just I forgot. Born. Oh, just Born. <laughs> his name is just Born. Sam Born. Justin Born. <laughs> Okay, for this invention, uh, when he invented the Born Sucker Machine, um, there's a joke in there somewhere. <clears throat> he was given the keys to the city of San Francisco, which is, I don't know why San Francisco of all places. He was in Brooklyn. But anyway, I guess they love lollipops in San Francisco. So he earned enough money to open his own chocolate retail store in Brooklyn, where he displayed the freshest chocolate in the window with a sign that read, Just Born. Oh, the like chocolate the, was just born. The chocolate was just born, which which begs the person to think that the chocolate was given birth to out of a birth canal, or at least it does to me, which is disturbing. <laughs> but anyway, um, to this day, the company remains just that. Uh, remains just that. 
During the 1920s and 30s, just born grew significantly because they kept like acquiring other companies. And in 1953, Just Born acquires the rights to the Rhoda Canda Company and its marshmallow chick line. What? And yeah, <laughs> they had a. But the look, it, this is actually the most interesting Kanda. part of the story. Rhoda Candy Company, led by Roscoe E. Rhoda, another interesting name for a baby. <laughs> Roscoe, baby Roscoe. That's cute though. People definitely name their babies Roscoe right now. Old timey names are back in. Um, How but, about Bosco? Sure. But remember so, that horrible can- were, chocolate drink? Okay, go so ahead. There were already marshmallow peeps being made in whatever year this was, 1950? In the 50s by the Roscoe Candy Company. Now, let me tell you why. This is by far the most interesting part of this whole ridiculous story. Okay, so Roscoe was always trying to compete with Hershey's because they were also in Pennsylvania. Um, and. They were trying to find out. They're like, "Oh, Easter is going to be the time we make the money." Blah blah blah. So to this day in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, there remains a center of um, a historically religious German group, just known as quote the Dutch. <laughs> now I I think it's the Pennsylvania Dutch is, but I don't know if like are are the Amish very religious, like in like Jesus religious, or do they have their own belief? I don't know if yeah, you're talking about the Amish here. Well. The Amish are the way that they are because of Bible beliefs from the Bible. Okay, got it. Well, it's just, this says the Dutch. And so they were catering to the Dutch. Now, I think of the movie Dutch with the guy from Married with Children. <laughs> but I don't think that has anything to do with the story. I was just thinking um, of the restaurant, the Dutch. Oh, right. Yes. R.I.P. R.I.P. So, uh, they weren't very religious themselves at the Rota Candy Company, but they appealed to the Dutch by producing candy shaped into religious icon imagery, including bunnies, jelly eggs, holy crosses. This also included making treats out of Athlea officinalis, otherwise known as the marshmallow plant, which is native to Germany, France, and the northeastern United States. Isn't that weird? I mean, I know there is a marshmallow plant, but I didn't know that had anything to do with marshmallows. I did not know that there was a marshmallow plant. What what well, zone I do I, I, can I grow? I want them. I want to grow them. They, they grow <clears> on <throat> trees is what I just learned. It is a I, tree. It's good for your bladder, marshmallow root. I know that. But yeah, anyway, marshmallow this... root I knew is a thing. But I also, what is, so they made a marshmallow that's in the shape of a plant? <laughs> no, they made, no, they made marshmallow candies to appease these Germans who love marshmallows. These marshmallow-loving freaks. Right, but I thought that you said that in one of those iterations, they actually made a marshmallow to resemble the marshmallow plant. No, no. This included making treats out of Athlea officinalis, oh, otherwise known as marshmallow plant. Okay, okay. Which is it. why I'm confused, because I didn't know that had any part in actual marshmallows. But we don't have time to really deep dive into that. You can all do your own independent research about marshmallows. So making these types of shaped marshmallows was an extremely labor-intensive process. It took perhaps as many as 80 people to make limited amounts uh, only during the Easter season. And each worker spooned small batches of freshly made marshmallow made from the flour of the marshmallow plant, whipped egg whites, and lots of sugar into fluted steel tip, which squirted out the mixture in the shape of baby chicks. Then they were left to air dry. Records say that it took upwards of 27 hours to make one tray of the first peeps. 
So basically when uh, Just Born acquired the Rhoda Candy Company, they're like, this is ridiculous. This takes absolutely too long. And they built a machine called the Depositor, which was an automated (laughs) machine that spit out six rows of five peeps at a time rather than taking 27 hours to make a tray of peeps. It now took six minutes. Oh, no. So they had to lay off all those people that were making the peeps. I know. They're all they're all destitute, all those peep makers. <laughs> and they traveled the streets for years. Listen, just... I have I did a quick little research here. So basically marshmallow root works in the same way that gelatin does. Most marshmallows are made with gelatin, but Got marshmallow it. root acts as a coagulant in that way. But it's so they way more used to be made with marshmallow. It's way more finicky that you just really don't want to use it. You'd rather just mm. use gelatin. Mm. Alright. So anyway, they used that um, machine up until 2014 when they got like a new machine that made peeps even faster. And they need to lay off all the other employees. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it got replaced by the peepinator. Um, <laughs> Arnold peepinator. So every year, two billion peeps candies are produced at Easter time, which is a lot. At Easter time only? Yes, at Easter time alone. Oh, also, I want to mention that I got this information from a Vox article, but most of it from a very informative article called The History of Peeps by Matt Blitz in Food and Wine Magazine and Wikipedia. Forgot to say that before. Um, so, yes, every year people, uh, they make 2 billion peeps at Easter time. 70 to 75% of people prefer fresh peeps, quote unquote. Some people like stale peeps. So that means there are millions and millions of stale peeps consumed at Easter time. No, what this means beyond. is that there was a survey sent out to people that said, do you like fresh or stale peeps? Answer yeah. this question. Yeah. Yeah. And 25% <laughs> of those people are like, I like them when they're stale. I don't understand that. How could a peep get any worse? Leave it on the counter for five minutes. Well, they get stale in the package. Yeah, they do. As do Cadbury cream eggs. Did you ever have a Cadbury? I don't. You don't really like them, Nicole. Matt, where do you lie on Cadbury cream eggs? Like, dislike? I don't actually know. <gasps> I don't know that I've had one. Oh my god! What are you from Mars? Sort of. I was the weird kid who didn't really like do many of the candies, and I've just oh. never really corrected that. That explains your long ponytail. You didn't do them, <laughs> or your parents didn't let you have them. I don't think my. I mean. Like, I would run around trick-or-treating and then pick out a few of the, like, just pure chocolate things and give everything else to my friends or whoever. <laughs> oh, my God. Huh. You're ter- you're incorrigible. Yeah. That's how um, you keep your slim figure, though. Yeah, you do look great, though. You're over 200 <laughs> years old and you don't look a day over 35. <laughs> um, so they're typically sold in packs of five conjoined marshmallows. One serving of Peeps contains only 140 calories, which I is a reason to eat Peeps because you can get a lot of sugar. From I'd rather like just eat a regular marshmallow, calories. which tastes 10 times more delicious for some reason than a fucking Yeah, peep. or just like a packet of sugar. Like, it's not worth eating a peep. They're so chemically. That's what I think. Um, that's what my problem with peeps is that they taste like as if I was just eating a spoonful of sugar, which yeah. makes the medicine go down. Exactly. Peeps are sometimes jokingly described as being indestructible. In 1999, the year of our Lord, Pe- Peepus Christ, uh, <laughs> scientists at Emory University performed experiments on batches of peeps to see how easily they could be dissolved, burned, or otherwise disintegrated using such agents as cigarette smoke, 
boiling water and liquid nitrogen. Can you imagine cigarette burning smoke? a peep with a cigarette? But it said cigarette <laughs> How smoke. How dark. It's just like I know, just like smoke. So they're just smoking just like, in the same room as peeps. <laughs> and <laughs> they're just smoking around peeps. It's just like, that's where Keith Hernandez reenters this story. He was the one who had to <laughs> burn a, a peep with his cigarette smoke. Um, in addition to discussing whether peeps migrate or evolve, <laughs> they claim that the eyes of the confectionery of the confection, quote, wouldn't dissolve in anything. Uh, one website claims that peeps are insoluble in acetone, water, diluted sulfuric acid, and sodium hydroxide. Acetone? I mean, I'm sure you could dissolve a peep in acetone, but I'm not going to try. Hmm. But please, if you're out there dissolving peeps and in, in things you find in the house, let us know what you find. I would think Drano would probably dissolve a peep. Sure. Be careful not to eat it. After so they years. are not for everyone. Um, Angela Hill of the Oakland Tribune uh, finds them unsettling and says, quote, I dislike them intensely and they know it. <laughs> which merely bolsters their resolve. I can see it in their beady little food-colored eyes, their defiance, their sheer pluck. You can't get just one peep, you know, and that is no accident. They come in packs. One might even say battalions. <laughs> their food, their food-colored eyes. <laughs> yeah, their, food their eyes colored. Are the, the color of classic, food. Classic food color. <laughs> <laughs> no, their eyes that are colored with food coloring. Oh, uh, right. food colored. Okay. Exactly. Got it. So, you, as you might have guessed, just like with basically every other thing, uh, Americans try to see how many of these they can fucking eat at one time. So, competitive eating champion Matt Stoney, fake oh, name, I do think. Do you know him, Matt? <laughs> Matt. Oh, yeah, cousin, Matt. Cousin do you know Matt? Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all Matts know each other, right? Um, <laughs> broke the world record for eating fucking peeps at the world peeps eating championship Uh, to be a fly on the wall in national harbor maryland devouring 255 peeps in under five minutes in under five minutes that's fine you really do inside of you I mean, it's only uh, two, it's like 200 marshmallows. But the great thing about supporting your boyfriend, the competitive eater, is it's, you only have to be there for five minutes, and then you can leave. <laughs> That's true. I'm picturing it just being barfed up in one long yellow, like, <laughs> you ever, you know when they show the videos of, like, making pink slime for, like, mm-hmm. chicken nuggets? Like that, but going out of your mouth mm. instead of into a chicken nugget. Thank um, you for that. Stony. <laughs> who hails from San Jose, California, shattered the previous record of 200 peeps, which Stoney himself had previously set. So good for you, buddy. You ate 55 more peeps. He's He's the only one who wants to do this. He's by himself. My money is on Stoney for the next record. I'd love to say... Oh my God! The twenty four. This is from twenty seventeen. So he could have already. He could a myriad of things could have happened to this gentleman. The twenty four year old. What's that? Is he single? Call us. He has since, it says, changed his name to Chad Hanks and started speaking in a phony Patois accent. Just kidding. The 24-year-old has also earned $1,750 in prize money and a peeps-filled trophy. No. No. <laughs> yes. And Matt, I bet you have, You did you get that at the local, wherever you got your peeps headband? Did they have peeps trophies, peeps too? Peeps trophy? No. Well, I... Kate was inside, so I don't technically know what other peeps paraphernalia I missed out on. Peep. It's called peepaphernalia in the peep community. (laughs) The peep community. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, God. According to Major League Eating, Stoney has at one time or another held the world record for most bacon consumed in five minutes. If you're wondering, it's 182 strips. Most moon pies eaten in eight minutes, 85. And most most birthday cake consumed in eight minutes, 14.5 pounds. This, that's like saying, that's sad to me, the birthday cake one. You know 14. how you know competitive eating is not a real thing? They measure the bacon consumed in strips. Like, yeah. are you, how in about strips. weight? Why not weight? Exactly. Absolutely yeah. well, not, because the there's all kinds of strips. But I ask you, what makes that cake that he ate a birthday cake? It had to be someone's birthday. Otherwise, it's just cake. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. <laughs> um, some Peeps recipes that I thought were scary um, were Peepsa, which is pizza covered in Peeps. No. Um, Peeps infused vodka. Matt, your favorite. Yeah. And um, a Peeps s'mores skillet. <laughs> you haven't skillet. until you boofed a peep. No. <laughs> boofed a peep. You, you haven't lived until you butt chugged a peep. <laughs> You soak your tampon no, in peeps the peep, and food. The peep itself is the soaking medium. You soak uh, the peep. No, you soak, you soak the, the peep, peep and use it as a and tampon. And you dip the tampon. Oh, you, the peep mm-hmm. is the tampon. Okay. The peep yeah. is the tampon, which Got brings it. me to my next peep invention, <laughs> peeps pads. <laughs> peeps pads. <laughs> Pee pads. Peeps? How do you know what we call that? Peeps pads. <laughs> now I'm triply absorbent. Okay. So, and peep a peep s'mores with skillet. With dry weave. What'd you say? Pea pads with dry weave. Oh, yeah. You have to dry them out first. They are dry weaved ones. That's what the other 75% of stale peeps go towards um, (laughs) maxi pad lining. This this could be a very successful Etsy store you've just invented. Right? (laughs) Although, as we know, sugar and vaginas do not mix. Um, Yeah, stay away. Momofuku milk bars, Christina Tossi suggests Mm. skewering them and roasting them over a fire, which is why she's so famous and rich, because she has great ideas like this. Or drying (laughs) them out and making peeps Uh, uh, chips. uh, (laughs) Bravo, madam. Sick burn. Bravo. I mean, I do celebrate your success, but truly, I can't even imagine that being a real recipe um, by a famous rich person. (laughs) peeps bunnies were introduced in the 1980s and now the line includes hearts pumpkins minions and more yeah my stepmom bought home goddamn peep pumpkins this year and i was like i thought we only had to be subjected subjected to these on easter but they were (laughs) nope yeah that that person whoever had that idea is a marketing genius (laughs) <laughs> right? They even have them for Mother's and Father's Day. Just kidding. Little peep fathers that are bald <laughs> and mean. It, it's a peep. <laughs> um, some of the most disgusting flavors are root beer, pudding, no. pumpkin spice, blueberry, bubblegum. Yes. Pudding? This pudding. is a flavor? Yes. Just pudding. Bubblegum. <laughs> fruit punch, which for some reason disturbs me the most of all. Pancake and syrup, red velvet, caramel apple, sweet lemonade, and, Nicole, your favorite, mystery. Sweet lemonade as opposed to not sweet lemonade, which is just lemon juice and water? (laughs) Exactly. But pudding is not a flavor. (laughs) I know. Well, take it up with Big Peeps, okay? Take it up with Jason Bourne or whatever. Matt Damon. I'm going to give him a call. Take it up with your local Peeps representative, Matt Damon. Um, (laughs) Peeps spokesman, Matt Damon, says, just kidding. In 2021, the most horrifying thing of all has transpired. No, it's not over 500,000 people dying in this country of a horrible, avoidable plague. 
but rather it's Pepsi and Peeps collaborating on a new drink that combines two extra sweet flavors, Pepsi versus Peeps. That's right, folks, a Peeps-flavored Pepsi. It's called Pepsi versus Peeps? Correct. The new cola, dubbed Pepsi versus Peeps, mixes the taste of Pepsi with the pillowy, soft, and sweet marshmallow flavor of Peeps. I was That's imagining a like a peep that like you could was also the pouch for the Pepsi. You could like squeeze the Pepsi <gasps> out of the peep. Right. Because pillowy oh, soft I... is not a flavor. That's a texture. Correct. <laughs> so I like both of you think it would make more sense to have a Pepsi flavored peep, but in this case we have peep flavored Pepsi. So I was horrified to learn that there's watermelon flavored Mountain Dew now and John Cena does the commercials. But this this is an abomination. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also watermelon-flavored Peeps, so John Cena and Matt Damon have clearly (laughs) collaborated on something evil. I know. John Cena has to get paid, though. He has to have bespoke suits because his arms are so big. (laughs) (laughs) I do love John Cena. And speaking of Peeps, one day, uh, maybe like six months ago, I I don't do a lot of weed, but I I (laughs) ate an edible, and I was like, I wonder when this thing is going to kick in, and I'm looking at my phone, and I see something about John Cena, and all of a sudden, uh, like an hour has gone by, and I'm Googling like people John Cena has dated. I know everything about John Cena. (laughs) I love him. I really do love him. Um, He's lovely. Have you ever seen that movie with Amy Schumer? What is the... Oh, yeah. That That movie that she's in where she plays like an yeah. alcoholic or whatever the Judd Apatow movie Trainwreck and he is ama- he is amazing in that movie he makes that entire film yeah he also did like um, I don't know he's done some Jimmy Fallon stuff but have you guys ever put a peep in the microwave I don't have a microwave but if I I'm thinking about getting one just so I could try this does it <laughs> what happens <laughs> I don't know. I love that you turn this into some sort of brag about not owning a microwave. But so basically, I don't have enough. Sp- I don't have space. They, it's not a brag. I wish I had a microwave. They like quadruple in size, really, really fast, and they will catch on fire if you leave them there for too long. But I had a roommate, Matt. You hear that? Yeah, this Careful. Is right on my alley. <laughs> I had a roommate one time years and years ago here in Indiana, and she was like, "Yo, check this out!" And she put peeps on a plate and put them in the microwave, and we had to like look through the microwave window because as soon as you take them out, they deflate. But they turn. They get so terrifyingly huge in the microwave. It's it's worth checking out the YouTube videos because they're out there. Do they explode or do they just expand? They will explode, yeah. They get really big before they explode. <laughs> well, much like a gremlin, we have there's only one of like three ways to destroy a peep. In the microwave <laughs> with water. And but how else can a gremlin die? I don't know, but you can't destroy Stab a peep with acetone, so I think water's not gonna work. Right. Um Guys, I have, let's do a quick top three here, and this is a question for all of us. I can, let's should we do Easter candy top three, or just top three favorite things about Easter in general? Let's do candy. Okay, great, Nicole. Oh, I have to go first. Yeah. Well, you uh-huh. have had time to think about it. Also, maybe Matt can go first since he only likes like one type of candy. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, Matt's we already like, covered enough information that you know I don't have a good answer for this. Matt's um, favorite fucking Easter candy is like grape nuts. Is, it, <laughs> Asparagus. <laughs> Asparagus. Yeah. Ham, ham, uh, hard-boiled eggs, and, and a rash of hard-boiled eggs chocolate. with the shell. And just a chocolate bar. Uh, 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 a chocolate in the shape of a rack of lamb. Yeah. Snooze. Matt, you're also a vegetarian, so don't front like you. ham is your favorite candy. 
You caught, you caught me. <laughs> Everybody, this is an expose investigation. Yeah. Patterson. An, an hour into this podcast, we have arrived at the true point, which was to catch me in my vegetarian. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. Okay. My favorite are, um, and I'm not afraid to say it, uh, Cadbury cream egg. Yeah. Love it. The British ones are delicious. The stale ones are not as good as the fresh ones. When they get stale, they get crunchy and hard in the middle. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I know. But they never stink like a regular old egg. Um, I love a Cadbury cream egg. Uh, number two, also egg-shaped, uh, a Reese's egg. Oh, yeah, those are And good. I'm going to tack on to that, which I bought today, a Reese's Pieces egg. So it's essentially just a giant Reese's Pieces. I mean... That's as good as it gets. No, wait. Me. I saw those. It's just a Reese cup stuffed with little pieces of Reese's pieces. No, no. These are Reese's pieces. They've been around for a long time now, but they're very hard to find. It's a Reese's pieces in the shape of an egg. What? And it's just a, yeah, they're delicious. I'll I've send never you the seen this before. Photographic proof later. Because they um, do have those stupid Reese cups stuffed with Reese's pieces, and they're really annoying. And no, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. Um. And then my number one favorite thing is, like, Brock's terrible, like, generic-flavored jelly beans with the very thick, crunchy shell. And what I really like jelly bean-wise is actually the smaller ones that are very pale-colored, and they have, like, a purple flavor. Yeah, I don't like I like the grape ones. I like those jelly beans. I don't love jelly bellies. There's too many, like, variables. If you bite into a buttered popcorn, my day's ruined. My week, even. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I just want to say I do love jelly bellies because I know I can identify all the flavors on site, so I know oh, which ones excuse. I like excuse. and which ones I don't like. I also really like Starburst jelly beans. Those oh, are those good. are delicious. Um, just a great texture, great size, just a great good job, guys. Who knew that you could do the crossover that way? Most of them are not good. Um, but I also my favorite thing for Easter as this the russell stover dark chocolate marshmallow egg that they have mm-hmm. those are so good. that's great because it's just like a thin shell with a marshmallow inside and it's just perfectly done delicious um and then i also love the the her or the reese's eggs i bought some for my dad because he's a reese cup guy and mm. we bought some there i didn't I didn't know this was like the new iteration, but they're completely flat on one side and like domed on the other side and small. And they're just like very, they're nice. Perfect bite. They're lovely. They're a perfect bite. And like, I don't know, something about, I actually like all of the like specialty Reese's shapes better than I like an actual cup. They just have more peanut butter in them, I think. I really like a small Reese cup, just like an individual Reese cup. The baby Reese cup. Unless you accidentally buy at Christmas time, as I did, the ones that are that small, and yet somehow they still insist on putting tiny Reese's pieces in there, and it's so <laughs> not okay. That sounds terrible. Um, well, I also just want to quickly mention uh, before we go that um, Easter always reminds me of my dad and my grandpa, both who are deceased and I'm waiting for them to rise back up from the grave. Hopefully this Easter it will happen. <laughs> You're waiting um, for that. <laughs> um, but no, they always used to make pizza rustica. And oh, right. I, you know, in Italian families, it's very popular and, um, it's delicious. It's a mix. It's basically kind of like a quiche 
frittata eat it. Well, it's not really like that much. It's more cheese than it is egg, but it's like salami and sausage and ham and provolone cheese and prosciutto and ricotta and it's all layered together and baked and so this year at the pop-up we're doing a pizza rustica lasagna and uh, it sounds gross when you say it but I never had one until you had one at Brucey for brunch during Easter yeah it has a very specific flavor you must love cure meat cured meats it was good it was delicious it's delicious and then my grandpa also used to make this thing which is uh, I don't know if it's popular in other cultures. There's a lot of Italian-American special things. Like, you find all these, like, wacky pastries at, like, the pastry shop that have, like, ricotta. And, like, they're shaped like lambs. But my grandpa used to make, basically, it was, like, a challah bread, kind of. But obviously, didn't call it challah. But it was, like, an egg-enriched, like, brioche-braided bread. And it had colored Easter eggs braided into the bread. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. I've had that before. Yeah, I don't know why. It was fun. It was fun. But anyway, what a fun show. And also, happy Passover to our Jewish listeners. I'm half Jewish. I made some matzo ball soup this week. It was fucking delicious. Ooh, I love matzo ball soup. Oh, man. This one was really good. But you know what? I used, used, <laughs> I used baking peeps. powder in it. <laughs> you used peeps instead of matzo balls? I, yes, I used peeps in my matzo balls. That's a Christina <laughs> Tosi recipe. <laughs> Um, no, I use baking powder in it, which is ridiculous because it's leavening it. It's, but it's Mm -hmm. fine. I'm not religious, but, um, I was like, this is a great recipe. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't really (laughs) share this with anyone. (laughs) It just shows how little I care about religion. My own, my own religion. Which is fine. It's totally fine. Um, well, what are you guys going to do for Easter? Anything fun? Matt, we already know you have a special outfit to wear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to don my ears and then, uh. Go hunt for eggs in other people's yards early in the day. See if I can get some of that candy. <laughs> I'm just picturing this in in the middle of Brooklyn, and also you don't even like candy, so you're <laughs> you're stealing like, from like small I like children. Candy from others, it's the it's the joy of the hunt. <laughs> you're just hunting around in your peeps thong and your peeps ears, hope, hoping that one of the your eggs is full of thong? almonds. Okay, so you're ready just. <laughs> I thought, and he's taking candy from children. I love it. I love it. Vegetarians can't hunt, you know, so you gotta yeah. like, do what oh, yeah. you can. I don't know. I never thought about that before. You're right. You're right. Holy yeah. shit, that's you so should funny. shoot those kids with like arrows too. Why not? Why the hell not? Exactly. While you're at it, kill somebody. <laughs> Great idea. Thanks, thanks, Nick. Yeah. Easter murder, Nicole. What are you doing? Um, I not probably just avoiding the ham that's gonna happen. <laughs> Avoiding ham. God, like well, the smell of ha- cooked ham in the house is so disgusting to me. I want to already kill myself. Well, you're not going to like your belated Christmas present, which is <laughs> ham perfume. <laughs> ham perfume. <laughs> I thought you loved the smell of ham. <laughs> oh, no. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in. And may you all have delicious Easter candy and uh, lots of eggs <laughs> a very and, uh, merry Easter. And a very merry Easter. May you see Jesus Happy creeping spring. around. Spring is here, bitches. Yeah. yeah. No, that is exciting. We need that. I Traditionally, I don't love spring for some reason, but... Oh, no, spring sucks. the best spring of all time. I mean, okay, yeah. I'm on the same page as you. I just want to quickly say, because I, I have to get this off of my chest, because I haven't, I don't think I've Please. said this in the podcast yet, but people who say that they love spring are sadistic monsters, because spring itself is really shitty. Like, It'll be warm one day, and then it'll sleet for the next two weeks, and then it'll yeah. be, like, 
what it'll be like 75 at you know noon and then you're out in the park and at five it's like raining and it's only 25 degrees and then it'll start snowing so i don't understand why people are into that because it's fucked up but i agree the in between since i'm still like living in isolation at my parents house i only get to leave the house every once in a while and so the nice like today it was 75 here and it was great but tomorrow literally to punish us it's gonna be like 22 degrees (laughs) totally i think that's the reason i don't like spring is i feel like it doesn't have any grit to it it is the most like (laughs) fucking lightweight like baby season literally like everything's like puffy colored and like i don't know it's just pastels like it doesn't do it for me there's no heft to it there's no meat there's no like rawness like summer's hot and it's like gritty and there's like delicious juicy produce and people are screaming and like things are happening and like winter's cold and every you know and there's like such an emotion to every other season and it's like spring and lavender and like it's pretty it's fine but i find it to be like i don't know there's not enough drama really for me it's, it's high way. drama it's constantly changing but it's just like usually it's freezing and it snows in goddamn april it doesn't even get hot until june yeah i'm not interested in the color <clears throat> palette there's no song that reminds me of, i don't know i'm not into it i, <laughs> I do I like really seeing here in the suburbs it's cute that there are crocuses coming out and they're bright purple and they're already just like here i am i don't care if it's getting 31 degrees tomorrow i'm still alive bitch yeah yeah, well, I hope for it to pass by rapidly, and then all of a sudden we're in June and I'm at the beach. But um, uh, thank you very much for listening to all of this mindless chatter. Um, Chet, if you're out there, please explain to us where you came from. Oh, how did yeah. this come to be? We did talk we, shit about you, but we would love to have you on the show, and we're yeah, so sorry. We were judging yeah. you, and honestly, we'd love to hear your side of the story. Or Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, or Rita. I'd prefer to hear from Tom. I'm not interested in Chet, and uh, I'm afraid of people that say things like white boy summer, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, but we should hear it's his very disturbing. But oh, also, yes, totally. Colin, if you want to come out, whatever. Any of the Hankses, come on over. Yeah, totally. Uh, this show is, is we're, we welcome all Hankses to explain themselves. We do need <laughs> to get to the bottom of understanding how this person came to be. Um, he's a menace to society. Anyway, that's it for us. Hasta la pasta. Bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening. <laughs>